0: The best story I ever heard is like somebody was on a flight um, out of Philadelphia and they started talking to the person next to them and they were both entrepreneurs and they were like, oh, yeah, like, I have to recommend Wellstruck Roundtables. Have you ever been? And they had both heard of (laughs) Wellstruck. That's the
1: coolest.
0: (laughs) Right. And like, that's when I started to realize, holy cow, this is like, this is beyond me. It's bigger. There's a ripple effect. And like, it's what people need. This is the Wellstruck Podcast, where we talk about what small business ownership is really like. I'm Sarah Zero, the founder of Wellstruck and the facilitator of the Wellstruck community, where small business owners gather to talk shop and exchange fresh perspectives with friends who get it. After years of hearing small business owners talk candidly behind closed doors, the biggest secret I've learned is that we're all just figuring it out as we go. Here on the podcast, I'm interviewing the folks who are down for sharing their stories about the messy middle.
1: Dara, Sarah, I am so happy to be having this conversation with you, and I'm really excited that I am the interviewer, and you are the interviewee. And before I jump into asking you your very first question, I just want to say I was so inspired by Loretta Gary's episode of your show. And at one point, she said something like, someone should interview you for your podcast. And I believe just a few days after that episode came out, I emailed you and said, Yes, I agree with that so much. And I would love to do it. And flash forward, here we are. So thank you for letting me do this. And I'm really excited, um, not just for me, but everyone listening to learn so much more about you.
0: <laughs> I was so honored when you reached out to me and said, and offered to interview, because um, who better to have interview me than. The Hillary Ray of Tell Me a Story. You coach people on storytelling and I've worked with you. I want people to know that. And the story that I worked on through your workshop is such an integral part of how I tell the story of Wellstruck and set the culture and the tone for events. And like, I, I was just ecstatic when you reached out and it's an honor. So um, I'm really glad that Loretta had the idea, Sarah Salvatoriello, like several people said you should be interviewed. And it's weird to flip the script. I'm a little bit nervous, but it's it's a good thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And as a community leader and community builder, of course, the spotlight should be on the community. And I wholeheartedly believe that and believe in hearing straight from the mouths uh, and hear the stories of the people that are a part of it. And even in listening to the episodes so far, like really getting, not just getting to know them, but getting to know your community. And so much of the work that I do and what I believe in is, is elevating the founder's voice too, because that's such an important part. So with that, would you be able to share a bit of that story that you mentioned?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's see. Ooh, now the pressure's on.
1: <laughs> no, just in conversation, yeah, not yeah, like in a performance. Com- totally, totally. <laughs> so um,
0: I, I think the story makes the most sense to start off by sharing that I created what I needed and couldn't find. And so I can relate to the people who are joining the community because my experience when I first went full time working for myself back in 2013, I was so excited to start a business, nervous, excited, um, all the feelings, and also like I was I was coming off a job that I wasn't particularly happy in, and so I you know my confidence wasn't great and. But I knew I wanted to do this, and so I knew that I wanted to find other people who were doing it, too, because I found it to be very lonely, and very quickly, um, I found, like, it it can be isolating, and I had been used to working in a studio. I have a branding background in graphic design, brand strategy, and I had been used to working in a creative environment where you can bounce ideas around or even just, you know, walk into the office and have a conversation in the morning and see other humans to like working in my home office by myself. And so I went to a few networking events, but they felt very transactional. Like so many people, people dressed up in their power suits, huddled around cocktail tables, like, you know, sh- hanging out, like, like spewing out business cards and really just giving their sales pitches to each other without trying to get to know each other in any level. And I know that works for some people, but it actually made me feel more lonely. Um, I felt like people, a lot of the people at those events they were you know, it was usually pretty heavy on the the masculine side. and I felt like um, I just felt like I wasn't seen and it began to make me feel like am am I I didn't see myself reflected back at me um, I didn't I didn't see other women entrepreneurs. I hadn't really had a mentor throughout my working career so far. And so I tried a co-working space. I thought maybe I don't need networking. Maybe I need a community in the form of co-working space. But it was really the same thing. And while the guys there were great and very friendly, I still felt like I wasn't totally myself and totally connecting with them on another level, like on the emotional and mental side. So um I set out to create something myself.
1: Yeah, I remember at one point in hearing you like dive deeper into those cringy networking experiences of like, or at least this is maybe how I envisioned it as the listener of your story Mm -hmm. of like, just like tech bros and like a closed circle and like not letting other voices contribute to the conversation. And even just now in saying working spaces, like I was just nodding, I'm nodding my head because I've had these same experiences. And so I mean, I like looking at you like from an outside perspective, I mean, I know you like I see your zone of genius as creating these inclusive communities where people can be seen and heard that like weren't normally, given that opportunity or felt uncomfortable in those very status quo situations. And I know you talk with your guests about zone of genius. So, like, that's just my perspective. So, what do you think your zone of genius is? So,
0: um, you know, for a long time, I thought it was, Design and um, organizing ideas. And that's why I was doing brand strategy and graphic design in the first five years of working for myself. That was my business. That's what I did for other small businesses. I wanted to help, you know, like people who were doing great things be seen. Um, but as time went on, I found that it was very stressful for me. Design didn't come naturally. While I love doing the brand strategy and talking to people, and I love figuring out the best questions to ask, basically interviewing people, kind of like I'm planning to do more of on the podcast, interviewing people to... Get at the root of what it is they're really, really good at and like where there's their own zone of genius is and kind of being a mirror to them. You know, they often will think that their stories are convoluted, are messy and nonlinear and therefore not good, or they're not an expert, but I'll hear the connections with the fresh because I have that fresh outside perspective. I hear it in a way where it all seems connected to me, and I'll kind of repeat it back to them, but in a way where it's connected. And um, that is so much fun for people. It's illuminating for people when they realize like, oh, like this thing that comes so naturally to me that I didn't even really realize it's that everybody doesn't have this skill. Like that's my zone of genius. So like that's super rewarding work to do. I think that's a lot of what I do in the community and what I do through consulting. Um, And then in terms of community and creating community, I moved around a, a lot as a kid. Um, I was the new kid a lot of times, and I was, I was shy. I'm not a small talker. People are often <laughs> surprised to find that out, but that's why I didn't like networking. And it's also why I think I can relate to people who are looking for some place where they feel safe and welcome and seen and included. Um,
1: yeah. And it's so interesting because I remember going to my first Wellstruck roundtable in person at Vault and Vine, and even just this choice of venue of where you had it. Like, not only was it an aesthetically pleasing space that had things I love, like plants, as you can see, we have matching snake plants. We sure um, do. But plants and coffee, <laughs> <laughs> and that it was, for me, like off the beaten path, so it felt like an adventure to get there, but even like going into the specific space of the round table, like the way you had everyone's names written down on this like beautiful card and the little matchbooks, like these are things that are still standing out in my mind that like clearly all of the, I feel like all of that stuff is still there within the way that your business took shape and it's creating that value and it's creating that impact and it's creating like that feeling of what you just described of like giving like creating that space and then also like holding a mirror up to people so that they can see like how amazing they really are and like how everyone can support each other in that way exactly and i'd love to talk
0: about roundtables because they're kind of what started it all but i'll come to that in a minute i think that i think that it took me a long time to realize. But coming from a branding background, branding takes – branding is empathy. It is relating what you do to the people who need it and speaking to them and finding them in a way that you're, you're meeting them where they are. So I always saw my goal as a brand designer and a brand strategist is – we're not just selling to people. It's not slimy selling. It's connecting people with the things that they actually need to either solve a problem or make their life better or more enjoyable in some way. And so I see those roundtables and I see well-struck events as sort of branded experiences. And I wanted to create that welcoming vibe, and I also want to shout out to my mom, who would probably be shocked that I'm shouting her out like uh, with my entrepreneurial skills. But you know, I grew up in the Midwest, and one of the great things about the Midwest is the hospitality. My mom was always the host. She had baby showers, she had wedding showers, she had that for all the all of her friends. She hosts book clubs and garden club, and I think watching her make a really warm inviting space absolutely lends itself to how I do it now
1: yeah oh I love that connection too yeah can you I mean I sense that people listening understand all that is within Wellstruck but can you so we I mentioned the roundtables but can you kind of talk about the other elements of it as well yeah
0: absolutely um so actually I want to make sure because I haven't Roundtables were on hiatus for a little bit during the pandemic because we weren't doing them in person. One of the key elements is that they were in person. And then the fact that they were... Oh, and then they were virtual for a little while when people really needed it and didn't know where to turn. But then people got burned out, especially meeting new people on Zoom. So they were really on hiatus for about two years. And last week I hosted the first in-person roundtable in three years. So... And roundtables are where it all started. So what I did there is when I first hosted one, I knew nothing about business. I was just getting started. So I didn't want to position myself as an expert. And I wanted it to be the opposite of a networking event. A networking event is several people in a place where you're mingling and only having surface level conversation. So I wanted an intimate space with a small number of people where there was a seat for everybody. So the very first one was actually at my dining room table. I invited six other entrepreneurs and we did like sort of long form introductions, you know, like not just the sentence elevator pitch, but like, where are you in your business? How'd you get here? And then I framed it so that it was a Q&A, almost, almost like a mini mastermind. So everybody got a chance to bring a question or a challenge. And I and I required this of everyone. Um, bring a question or a challenge. We'll focus on your question or challenge for five to 10 minutes during the time. And everybody will get a chance to chime in. And if, if you, we don't have answers, like that's okay too. Sometimes just sharing and talking it out and realizing you're not the only one with that challenge is is so helpful to in you know quitting judging ourselves and and also like I knew I wasn't the expert and what I didn't necessarily realize at the time but I've learned since that I was creating is I was creating essentially a circle of trust or vulnerability by asking everybody to bring something that they were stuck with or challenged by or having a hard time with that's showing, that takes courage because you're not showing your best foot. It's not like the highlight reel on social media. It's like a secret behind the scenes peek into like, here's what I'm struggling with. And when everybody does that, everybody has skin in the game and magically like everybody can relate to each other. Everybody begins caring about each other. And then also if you have experience on something and you found a solution that works for you and you can share that with somebody else, that builds your own confidence too to help others. So that that's like, that's the thing that took off. I was hosting those every other month since 2012 when I started my branding business like as a side project, and they sold out. I started hosting them in Baltimore and in Philly. They sold out every month for like 5 years. Over 500 entrepreneurs over the span of 5 years attended these events just 12 people at a time.
1: Yeah, and I think that's how I first even like I knew about you and Wellstruck because other people that I knew had attended. And then I was mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, this sounds wonderful. <laughs> Let me get in there before <laughs> it sells out. Um, have you noticed anything like in doing one more recently, uh, like the, bringing them back live? Was there anything that you discovered now that it's been over 10 years since you started doing roundtables? Wow.
0: It has been over 10 years. Oh, my gosh. Um Or close to 10 years. Yeah. Um What amazes me is that I still learn every time even though I've been doing business for 10 years and not just about roundtables but I still just learn things about business or mindset or um, you know so many so many great tips from other people and part of the beauty is it's every industry is welcome and so you learn things from the way other industries do things and you learn things from like other rituals people have or habits they've built Um, and so What's been interesting is that the exact same formula still works beautifully 10 years later, even if there's a mix of levels of experience at the table, because it's not a workshop. like You're not really there to learn more of what you should be doing or to get a lot of business advice. It's more about the emotional and social connection of navigating entrepreneurship. And absolutely, do you learn things about business sometimes and, and have great Business strategies come out of it, like, sure, our tactics come out of it, sure. But, like, at the root of it all, we have so many of the same challenges no matter what phase of business we are, because it's a roller coaster of imposter syndrome and then feeling like you've got it. And so, what's kind of shocking to me is like, it still holds the exact same formula.
1: Yeah. This idea of willingness to be vulnerable and also take up space in terms of asking for what you want or sharing a struggle. And that I do think, and I think it's changing. I believe it's changing. I feel like I'm trying to be a part of that change of, Mm -hmm. um, that we're as business owners, it's not a hero's journey story. And I think what, and you even use this term messy middle that I've grown to really love that concept because I, the more people can share what's in the messy middle, instead of like waiting for some perfect ending, that's, never going to come the more we actually get the shared experiences and the stories of everything that's going on and that's how this like the trust the connection the the shared experience the support all of that can come to be and i do like it's so great that it starts in that space and then also carries through to your community so can you shift gears a little bit and share sort of what happens in that space as well?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I had been running that branding business right up until um, 2018. And um, personal share here, I I actually was diagnosed with cancer in 2018, ovarian cancer. I know I throw that in there and it's like, er, like <laughs> record scratch. Um, and it, fortunately it was a, a rare kind where it was, you know, it, I, I'm cancer free for five years. I'll put it that way. Um, I had treatment and surgery and I was knocked out for a year, lost, you know, was totally out of work for a year. Um, but during that time, you know, you think about legacy and you think about um, it's a little bit morbid. You think about a little bit about morbidity and the legacy you want to leave and the impact you want to make. And and so I thought, um, you know, while I love branding And um, I still like thinking brand strategy and helping people figure out that. I get the most joy and I feel like I'm making the biggest impact through this two-hour event once a month where I'm meeting business owners because it's grown beyond the one-on-one work into one-to-many. And then even beyond that, it became a community where people had relationships with each other outside of me. People were telling me, oh, like i I collaborated with that person or, you know, I met up with so-and-so. The best story I ever heard is like somebody was on a flight um, out of Philadelphia and they started talking to the person next to them and they were both entrepreneurs and they were like, oh yeah, like I have to recommend Wellstruck Roundtables. Have you ever been? And they had both heard of (laughs) Wellstruck. That's
1: the coolest.
0: (laughs) Right? And like, that's when I started to realize, holy cow, this is like, this is beyond me. It's bigger. There's a ripple effect and like, it's what people need. Um, and so there was, so there was demand for it. And so I decided to pivot my business away from branding, um, and to focus full time on creating a membership community. And, um, the gist of it is there's, um, an online platform where we, you know, the members, it's an intimate online platform. I would say right now there are 20 members and membership includes, um, weekly virtual Wellstruck Wednesdays where we get together to co-work or have roundtable style like hot seats. Um, Once a quarter, we go on field trips because it's an emphasis on regional. It's businesses in the mid-Atlantic. And um, I think one of the big things that makes Wellstruck really special is the values. And I focus on business owners who lead with empathy and are um, kind of there's a new term I've just heard is conscious capitalism. Mm. Um, there's more to success in a business in your life than money. And while money is important, we live in a capitalist society, um, and it's important m- money is how we can affect change in the world. There's more to it than that. There's more There's more in success. And so we come together to, I would say, we're rethinking the way People do business, and owning a business and running a business is hard enough on its own, but then trying to navigate doing it the harder way to reinvent the way you do things and make money and affect positive change in the world, that is hard work, and that's a lot more – there's a lot more self-doubt in that. It's easy to lose hope, but then when you're surrounded by other people who you admire and they believe in you too – suddenly you have confidence to go do it and you have the support to go do it. So I have the membership and that's that's the root of the membership is really supporting each other and riding the roller coaster or waves or whatever whatever metaphor you want to put in there, um, <laughs> the waves together to re-energize yourself, maintain mental health. Um, so there's that. And so I would say membership is a little bit more geared towards solving the problem of loneliness, self- self-judgment, um, some of the mental health and emotional health challenges that come out of running a business. And then I offer masterminds, which are curated groups of very small. Right now, the mastermind is four people, all at a similar level of business. They're all in different industries, so there's no competition. It's like we've actually said the group right now could come together and make like the best creative agency ever because they have similar audiences. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's magic. I say that masterminds are where what you do, you sign up for a six month mastermind when you're really ready to either pivot or make a big change in your business, roll out a roll out a new revenue stream, um, refocus on a big goal and work really intensely and intimately with these other people who know your business really well over the span of six months. Um, Mm. And then usually they'll return to the membership community afterwards. So um, it's 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 working so well it's so good <laughs>
1: yeah so i know i've shared with you offline about this mm-hmm. but when i like in a pre-pandemic world i like you was fully in person with the way i even ran my business and my service offerings but also in how i networked my office in a co-working space two different ones and, and i was very used to like and there were wa- were like I could look forward to a well-struck roundtable and I'd found like a couple other like more unconventional ways to like build relation business relationships and feel less lonely. And when all that ground to a halt, I found myself really isolated as a lot of people did and I was searching for community and I was a part of a mastermind in 2020. Um, that I was in both, be- like right as the pandemic was happening, but mm-hmm. also, um, like a business online community. And then, uh, further into the pandemic, I found what I would say was more like a community that was more from like a, per- a personal development angle. And I relied on them so much. And about like a quarter to halfway to sometimes like a full year through realized that they were not the experiences. The mastermind was not the experience for me and the communities were not the experience for me. And I had situations in all of them where I felt like my talk about like trust and openness, like wall went up and I stopped trusting the people in the room and trusting myself and that I made those decisions. And so I've personally, as a business owner that still works alone, that now works from home, that like really does thrive in community and like needs accountability, especially as I like test new waters of things that feel like totally out of my comfort zone. Like I crave that again, but I'm still have that like hesitation of like, well, what if this is like the experiences I had before? And I have a suspicion that I am not alone in these kinds of worries. Absolutely. And so my question for you is like, I know obviously I know like Wellstruck is is not what I experienced just in like my engagement with you and Wellstruck in the past. But like what would you say just generally to someone that might be having these kinds of fears or past experiences where maybe like they were the only ones that contributed in a mastermind or they said something really vulnerable and didn't get support in return or Mm -hmm. all of a sudden a community that was built on x values proved that that was not actually what was happening
0: (laughs) yeah oh my gosh this is a great question because i think it's so many people's fears like i had joined communities that like it really turned out to be you know Communities become a buzzword, too. Like there's there's so many communities where the leader, it's really just a place for them to build their brand um, or be the teacher or be the guide or seen as the thought leader. And it's always been really important to me to know that, like, I, I know my lane of expertise and I'm happy to share my experience with other things. But, um, you know, it's one of my members, Ashley Bernard. Um, She's actually has a background in. In marketing and community management, um, she taught me the phrase tapping into the wisdom in the room. Mm. And we use that all the time. And that's always at the forefront of my mind. Um, so that's one thing is to share that spotlight <laughs> to my own detriment sometimes, which is why I'm here uh, sharing yeah. my story <laughs> on the podcast, um, to invite everybody to the table, every single bit of planning in the actual design of the community and the way that it functions is centered around the core values of Wellstruck, which are joy should be accessible to all. And part of the reason that one's really especially important to me is because um, lots of people start businesses because they've always wanted to be an entrepreneur or they're a rebel and they want to, but a huge number huge percentage of business owners, particularly people of color, especially women of color, start businesses out of necessity because they were either underpaid, undervalued, unwelcome, um, and worse, even discriminated against in their previous jobs. And I think people who have had those kinds of traumatic experiences so dramatically that they had to start their own businesses so that they could feel safe, those people deserve access to what will bring them success in their businesses. And I truly believe that, yes, while I talk about um, the emotional and mental aspects and and benefits of the community... um, when you put the relationships first and trust that vulnerability over time, I don't ask people to, you know, rip the bandaid off necessarily right away. You can wade your way in and start with small, small challenges that you're sharing and then work your way up to the bigger ones if that's what makes you comfortable. Um, I think everyone deserves access to a community that is going to help them succeed with their business and there are lots of studies and statistics on the effects of connection community um, feeling supported mentorship having a guide having a coach Um, and for a lot of people that might not be financially accessible to them but when it comes in the form of a community and you have access to all the other people in the community Somebody's always there to chip in or have a conversation or even just say hey i i feel the same way um and and that's what i want well struck to be and to feel like and because i talk about these values so highly within the community and it's a part of the application process um i've attracted people who really adhere to these so the other ones are listening is key in building trust and one of the ways I came up with these values is I thought about at the roundtables, who were the people who really helped others? And who are the people who maybe so you know, sometimes the events, the chemistry was a little bit off. And I would think through, like, okay, what's the reason for that? And in some cases, if somebody is always the first person to answer a question and always talks over other people or just isn't aware of how much space they're taking up in the room, that's because ultimately they're not listening. They're not making room to listen and learn from other people. Now, I know some people get nervous and talk a lot. Like That happens sometimes too. Um, And so it's it's a tricky, it's a fine line, especially because – well struck is centered on women. I don't ever want women to feel like you should stifle yourself and not talk, but also there's a balance there. And so listening, listening is key and building trust is huge, especially when people are sharing vulnerable moments, pause and listen before jumping into help or spewing out advice, like ask follow-up questions.
1: Yeah. And you saying that now, like in thinking, like I still can get like the gross, uncomfortable feelings that I felt in this like mastermind of this a completely different organization in the yep. year 2020 as I was growing my business and it was because I said something and nobody was listening. So That's thank you hurtful. for pointing that out. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Listening is key in building trust. If somebody shares something big with you or small with you, when somebody shares something vulnerable whether it's big or small like you need to make sure that they feel seen and heard. You need to thank them for sharing that because it's hard to share. It and it's a gift when people share that. Um, because when we see other people having similar challenges to us, it it helps us to stop judging ourselves. Yeah. We waste so much energy judging ourselves and setting the bar so high. But there's magic when people when you realize like, oh, this
1: is just a normal part of it. Um, yeah, and so, I want to go. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off.
0: No, no, that's OK. There are three more values. I know um, I'm talking a lot, but definitely no, I want to hear
1: the values. But can I jump in about these first two? Because um, yeah. I want to say something before I the, I think it's good that we're losing our trains of thought because it means we're like. Thinking in so it. much at the same time as we're really listening and and in it. But totally. there's a quote, a part of a longer quote that I love that connects to the two values that you just said. And I also use it in my work. It's a quote from Nora Samaran, who is a writer. But the first line of the quote is, there can be no joy of trust without the risk of vulnerability.
0: Oh, my gosh. And it's one
1: of those things where it's like, oh, my gosh, trust can be joyful like what like because usually you think trust you're like oh my gosh I have to trust myself I have to trust these people I have to trust my expertise my work and it's like it's fraught but it can be like oh my god I get to trust like how incredible and then and then it does take this risk of vulnerability and so anyway it came into my mind and I had to say it but can you now um share the remaining values
0: (laughs) I'm like I want to respond to that first So I love that (laughs) you said that um Exactly. And one thing that sometimes I'm concerned about is I don't want, when I talk about the intimacy and the sharing of vulnerability, people often think, oh my gosh, that sounds like really serious and really heavy. And I'm so glad you said that because there is so much joy in it. We laugh a lot. You're able to laugh at at your 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 challenges and the way you've been judging yourself once you realize like, oh my gosh, like, this is so normal. Like, it's okay that I'm feeling this. Like, this is just part of it. Like, it's okay to feel those feelings. Um, I just hosted a mental health panel for entrepreneurs a couple of weeks ago, and Majet Reyes was one of the panelists. And um, she really reiterated, like, it's okay to feel things. Like, you don't always have to be feeling joy or whatnot. But then also, when you share those things and have connections with other people, that's where the joy comes in and the trust. And, like, that's, that's when people really feel like friends because they are. Um yeah. I hesitate to say like well struck is where you get friends because that can sound frivolous. But my gosh, shouldn't shouldn't our work be joyful and shouldn't we have friends? Like why not?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So much, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, so yeah. excited. Okay.
0: <laughs> so the third one is diversity is a strength. And this one's really important to me because um to be real transparent between 2013 and 2015, Wellstruck roundtables were like all white ladies um, and like cis white straight ladies for the most part. And, um, you know, the 2015 election came around and I did a lot of awakening myself. I had grown up in a very um, homogenous place. I went to a school that was quite homogenous and you know, it's embarrassing that it took till my thirties to really realize that I had been surrounding myself just with this homogenous group of people. It it happened. It it and I took it seriously, and it really mattered to me. And I realized, like, you know what? Well, struck roundtables actually have gotten a little bit stale, and um, you know, I feel like we're having the same conversations and the same advice. And I realized how important it was for me to put some real effort into diversifying the audience, um, putting myself in places that were more diverse in every sense of the word, um, race, culture, socioeconomic status, industry, age, like all of those things. Um, And it became, I would say that was like my core focus in, in between 2015 and honestly still today, it's very, very important to me. And that looks like, when I bring in speakers and panelists, I'm making sure that there is um, an array of people and, and just making sure that we have diverse, well-rounded perspectives. Because community is so much stronger when you have diverse perspectives. And so I focus very much on saying like, yes, we are tied together by core values, but I wouldn't necessarily say we're all like-minded I try and stay away from like-minded because I think diversity of thought's really powerful. Those values are non-negotiable. But um, yeah, so gosh, it's something I I would like to get better at is, is actually talking about some of the work and what that looks like and how that actually, how I'm aligning the actions of myself and the business um, to create a welcoming and inclusive space and um, you know, I used to not talk about it because I thought talking about it meant automatically it was performative. But then after some coaching and, and working with DEI consultants, I'm learning the importance of talking about it, not because you're bragging and saying, look at me, I'm, you know, the white lady who's doing things right, but to show others, like, here's ways you can do it. Here's how I'm working at it. And I'm always practicing and always getting better with it, Um and, and you know, it ties in with all the other values. So um, diversity I, is a strength, for sure. Yeah,
1: I think you just said it so beautifully, too, and that because it's a value, like, yes, you can and should tell stories of, like, everything that lives within that value. But mm-hmm. also, you just so succinctly and beautifully showed why it matters to you. And, like, everyone listening is going to be like, oh, yeah, that's, like... So well said and also so real, not performative at all and something that like maybe I'm going to reflect on a bit more. And I'm sure other people listening that, makes that might happy. be cis white women are going to think about it and do yeah. something about it.
0: Yeah, that makes me happy to hear. And it ties in with the joy should be accessible to all because, you know, when I first started Wellstruck, it's because me as a woman felt like I wasn't seen or safe or heard or valued in heavily masculine spaces. Um, and that pales in comparison. In fact, I don't even really want to compare it to um, what I was speaking about before about the reason so many women of color start businesses. I, I want all of us to be able to see leaders reflected back to us so that we can picture ourselves in those roles and so that we can learn from each other and um, gosh, it makes our businesses better, too. Like, not only is it the right thing to do and does it make it a brighter, more vibrant community, it's also smarter (laughs) money-wise.
1: Yeah. And that goes back to that, like, challenging, like, late-stage capitalism and all the awful things that are happening because of that, too. Yeah. Okay, so Um, let's go to the next value. (laughs) Yes, yes,
0: yes. (laughs) Um, Iteration is necessary for growth. And this ties in with diversity is a a strength. Iteration is necessary for growth is um, (sighs) true in so many ways. It's true in growing your business. Like you are going to fail. And you hear that phrase time and time again, fail faster. Well, it still is hard when you're in it, but like we need to – trust that we are going to make mistakes, other people are going to mistakes. If we share those mistakes with each other in this like safe secret <laughs> sort of community space, we can help each other avoid other mistakes. And then also when it comes to practicing diversity and inclusion and beyond, iteration is necessary for growth. You don't you've never arrived, the community hasn't arrived. I can't ever say like, "Oh, Wellstruck is diverse" or "Wellstruck is inclusive." I can say that I'm always practicing that Mm. it's an ongoing practice and I learn all the time and I'm always listening because listening is key in building trust and then the fifth one is clarity inspires confidence and momentum and when we keep all the ideas in our head and we spin it in circles and we don't say them out loud it's a muddled mess it's that messy middle and um so I think there's real importance in talking it out with other people who know your business or know your values and kind of know what you're trying to do. When you get clarity around when you talk about it, you know, verbal processing is big, especially in um, in, in our community and people who are empathy. Uh, empaths tend to be verbal processors in a lot of ways. Um, and so when we say these things out loud, it becomes more clear. When you have a clear vision, Just like if you have people who look like you, who are doing the things that you want to be doing, um, that makes it easier for you to get there. Because if you have the clarity on where you want to go, you can design a path for getting there. Um, And confidence too. Like if I can clearly explain what it is I do and what my zone of genius is, then people are going to hear that and want that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And being Mm -hmm. in a space where many people have clarity at the same time there must be this energy of oh my gosh joy excitement motivation like knowing what the right next steps are and building trust and that it's all happening even when there's iterating and mistakes and all of it like seeing that as like learning and and growing yeah. it's so oh cool. my gosh And then like
0: (laughs) there's a simple prompt. It's like the most simple thing that I share every week in the community. And it's share one small win from your week
1: Mm. and three
0: goals for the next week. And surprisingly, even though this is one of the easiest features of the community as a community manager, uh, people consistently say it's one of their favorite things. And one of the things that's my favorite about it is that you will hear people's struggles through their wins. You know, I didn't, you know, my win this week is that I survived. My win this week is that I didn't quit. My win this week, and and you'll hear, you'll see like a few weeks of that in a row. And there's one person in particular that stands out to me from the last year, Brooke Forey, who is uh, the podcast host, co-host of Good Enoughish Podcast. She's the founder of Balance Bound Planner, and she's a
1: co-founder of, um, Curious and Co. She And we met sitting across the table yes. at one of your round tables and have been friends ever since. Yes. <laughs> so thank you. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. So she's been doing the, the Curious and Co. brand business has been hers for a a long time. She's been doing that for years, but she just launched this product, Balance Bound Planner, a couple of years ago. It's freaking hard to launch a product. Holy cow. There is a lot of struggle and a lot of stuff that people do not see behind the scenes. And Brooke put in the work. And it was hard at times. And um, I'm sure it's still hard at times. But to see her post the struggles, and surviving, da, 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 And then last year, magic, not, not magically, I shouldn't say magically, it seemed magic on the outside. All of a sudden she started having all these successes. Like her favorite podcast, she had sent them a, a copy of the planner and they started talking about it on the podcast. It got published in Self Magazine. It got published in all these places. And so the community rallied around her in a way that like it was our win too. Because we knew how hard it was to get there and um so uh,
1: yes
0: (laughs) i got real off track there no i'm not sure where we started on
1: track and so (laughs) i'm putting you a bit on the spot now but we're recording this on a friday regardless Uh of what i don't know what day of the week it will come out Uh do you have a win from this week that you could share on the podcast
0: oh my gosh you know what? I actually feel like I have to pull up my calendar.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know I do that as well. <laughs>
0: well, one win for sure is this interview. I've been nervous about it. I sort of felt mm. like, oh, I feel like, I feel like I should have more things ready or have it more buttoned up before talking. And then I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going for it. I'm sharing it and I'm excited. And I know that whenever Hillary and I talk, it's such a great, rich conversation. And so just let it go. So that's been huge. And then I would say... Um, the quarterly field trip was this week. So once a quarter we do a field trip with the Wellstruckers and this quarter we went to Longwood Gardens for the afternoon and it is just a beautiful way to connect in person. That's the beauty of, you know, being in the same region. I put this thing on the calendar three months in advance people hold that space, they guard that space and when you come together in connection, you know, so many people often say like I almost skipped this because my busy my week got so busy, but then I realized how much I need it. And like the beautiful thing is like when you set aside time to recharge, first of all, as a human, you deserve that. You don't have to rest to be productive, but I find rest to be productive in the sense that it re-energizes you. It brings you happiness. It is fun. It brings you joy. Um, And then like a secondary result that often happens is like, oh, so you do end up chit-chatting a little business while you're walking around together. And like, there's always aha moments or collaborations come out of it. Um, And so at a time when um, I really needed it, it was really beautiful to see so many people in person on Wednesday. So that's a huge win in my book
1: yeah and to be in like longwood gardens is nature curated oh my nature. Gosh. sure <laughs> but yes. to be in a beautiful place too together yes. seems yeah. so wonderful
0: yeah it was it was a sunny day but we're in mid-march it was very cold and very windy but we walked into that conservatory together and it was like i said this is the the cheapest tropical vacation i've ever oh, been yeah. on
1: <laughs> I you get a it. dose of
0: that air and friendship and like it's the reset you need. It's so good for you. You have to build that in as an entrepreneur or you will burn out. And we yeah. cannot afford to burn out. And also you deserve it
1: as a human being. Yeah. So I know a question you've asked past guests is about something that they're currently like working about on or like mm-hmm. figuring out or in process with in terms of business. But I would like to just ask you, it can be personal or professional. Like, is there anything that you want to share that you're like, currently in progress with figuring out or iterating or creating? So many things. Um, One in
0: particular that we've talked about a little bit today is I've been so hard at work in the community, building the community, making sure it's good, making sure that people feel connected, making sure that I introduce people to each other. So it's not just me at the center of the wheel, like a spoke going out to all these people. I want, I think the mark of a true community is when it's interconnected, um, not just that spoke. Um, I got that from Gina Biancini, who's the founder of Mighty Networks. Who Our, mm. our community is hosted on Mighty Networks and I couldn't agree with it more. Um, so, but as a business owner, the problem is I've been so into the community that, and I had this huge community built up from the years that I was hosting these events, um, but before it was a membership community. So I had this huge surge in membership right at the beginning when I launched the membership community. But without Roundtables... I haven't been marketing the business. I haven't been putting my story out there. It's become a bit of a hidden gem. The best marketing I have right now is referrals. And like the testimonials are there. Like the quality of the community is there. The community members, the masterminders, they rave about it. And this circles back to something earlier you said, like if somebody's nervous about joining, what should they do? Talk to current members. Like they don't Mm. have any reason to tell you any different. But like reach out to somebody or like if you want to reach out to me and – you don't know who the members are, like, I'll, I'll send you to some members. Like, I'm happy to share that. Um, so, what I'm working on is figuring out the best ways to get the word out there, starting with telling my story more. So, that's this is the beginning of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really happy about this, but um, telling the success stories of members also, mm-hmm. because again, it can be tricky to sell community. Just by telling people it's what you need emotionally or it's what you need mentally or it's friends, like people can easily scrap that or strike that from their budget line because it sounds frivolous. So one thing I'm I'm working on in my own mindset is it's not frivolous. Fortunately, we're getting to a place more and more where it's more normal to talk about mental health. And I think more and more people are realizing in entrepreneurship it's such a huge part of it is like staying healthy, avoiding burnout, all that. And so I'm trying to get more comfortable with the idea that that's enough and that I don't have to promise financial results in your business. However, (laughs) I would say that everybody who's committed to Wellstruck for and taken the time and put in the effort to get to know others and connect with others and participate and show up has seen financial benefits. Um, And I was just reading articles about this yesterday. Like those of us, some of us who are like so empathetic or so altruistic, we can shoot ourselves in the foot because I am so frustrated with communities that make all these false promises. Like you join this community, you get to be, you know, you'll be invited to be on all these podcasts of the other members who are like, you know, top podcasters or like this is your path to making a million dollars or they make these promises that like, how how can they promise that? And then yeah. people are disappointed. And so I wonder what their retention looks like. Um, I wonder if you really talk to those members about their experience, what that looks like, if they feel like, what they got is what they were promised, and I've found from conversations with those people that so much of the time it's not. And so I, I find myself a little bit envious of those who are really, really, really good at marketing themselves, but then once people get into it, it's not that great. I kind of see Wellstruck has been the opposite, and um, while I can't, while I don't make promises about the ROI, I just – the thing I just read said, try to – shift your mindset to tell the stories of what the typical results are. What are the (laughs) typical results? And so I would love to shout from the rooftops about some of the business successes in addition to the emotional and um, mental benefits. Um, I want to tell those stories more and give my give members a platform to share that on. And that's my vision more for the podcast as well. Mm. Um, and and sharing some of the messy middle of how they got there. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm figuring out is how to do that.
1: But you even did it in how we just talked about wins and that that's already that's your one of your favorite aspects of like the weekly experience in the community. And you gave a beautiful example of wins. And I think this is also a really beautiful lesson, no matter what kind of business you're in. And I know we had this conversation sitting Mm -hmm. in Rittenhouse Square over Mm -hmm. coffee and tea of playing a role in someone else's success and how like, what Mm. is our place as like a service provider or A community leader of what, like, what can we take credit for, or how can we um, share our part in that success because we want to celebrate the win, but also because of everything that you just said of like what you can show is possible with the work that you do and then really that's helping other people see what's possible for them so it's completely in service of other people and not like a braggadocious like look at me i did this with this person kind of thing but i but i love that that's a goal of yours in showcasing the wins of the people that are in the community yeah
0: yeah it's a difficult line because I never want to take away from the work that they've done or attribute it to myself and what I've built. I see it as oftentimes it's a small thing in the beginning that leads to that ripple effect of changes. Mm. So one example would be in in the Brooke Forey story, the Brooke Forey story. Um, in Brooke's case, At the beginning of 2021 in the mastermind, I asked people what their big goals were for the year. What's your big dreamy goal or what's the big thing you're trying to get out of this year? And perhaps they didn't know it, but one of the big reasons I was asking this question is because I want to help them get there. And I was working on designing the community and the programming for the community to help them achieve their goals. And that's the beauty of being a small business and being nimble and having a more intimate community is I really listen to those. And um, Brooke said she wanted more press for the product. She knew that she needed to get the word out. It was a great product. The people who were using it rave about it. It's like a cult favorite, but she didn't want it to be a secret anymore. And so she said, I want to try to get press, whether it's being on podcasts or um, having the, the planner featured in magazines and da, 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 da. Well, I happen to know that one of the other masterminders, Estelle Tracy from Thirty Seven Chocolates, is not only a chocolate sommelier and um, she she leads chocolate tastings and other gourmet food tastings. Um, oh, I could talk about her for a long time too. She's been an amazing That's member. Incredible. And <laughs> yes. Um, I knew. Oh, so in addition to that work that she does, she also writes. She's a food writer and she writes stories about chocolate and other food in local publications. And she's been on, you know, like French national radio. Like she's constantly in the press. She's constantly on the stage in front of people. But like in such a good way, like uh, she's she's a person of like just such good substance and so willing to share. And so I reached out to Estelle. One of the things that we do in the Street community to tap into the wisdom in the room is we have peer-to-peer workshops. So if I notice something, somebody in the community doing something really cool that's working for them, whether or not it's their line of business or not, I'll reach out to them and say like, hey, Estelle, several people said their goal this year was to land more press. You've been doing an amazing job of that. Would you be open to teaching, you know, an off-the-cuff workshop, like behind the scenes? Just walk us through. Like, you don't need to prepare a presentation. It doesn't have to be a formal thing. Like, just consider it to be like a roundtable or a coffee date where you're sharing the behind the scenes. So later that month, Estelle you know, so graciously agreed. Um, And that's the beauty of Give and Take Community. And she taught an absolutely amazing workshop. She showed us behind the scenes. She literally showed us and shared screen grabs of the text that she used to reach out to editor, the rejection she got, and then the follow-up that she wrote to actually land the article still or land the article later. It was phenomenal um, to actually have those... um, like granular tools um, of what worked for her and I love bringing in these workshops that already align with the goals that are already there instead of adding more things to people's plates my goal is always to make it easier for them to accomplish the things that are already on their plates and um you know Brooke was there she participated in the workshop and together we collaborated on a like crowdsourced Google spreadsheet of, press podcasts all these different like media outlets um if we had any contacts there we shared them and you know had some guidelines for like how to use them how to reach out and um you know six months later Brooke had all this press was featured in self magazine was featured in you know this podcast which led to a collaboration with that podcast which led to a product line which led to it's like it's the ripple effect and you know again I've been like, a little shy about sharing these stories because she did the work. She did the hard work. That workshop played a small role, but I think I would say that it helped get the ball rolling.
1: Well, and it shows, even in how you just shared that story, thank you, it shows that it takes community and it takes collaboration and it also takes that vulnerability of saying, hey, this is like actually what I want and I don't know how to get there. That's how things happen. So it is it is it does feel uncomfortable. It's like you absolutely were a part of that now I forget how you describe it, web interconnectivity Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. getting that to happen. It was even like we're recording this very soon after the Oscars and every time anyone from everything everywhere all at once came up to accept an award, which was like the entire three hours of the show, Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. all talked about the power of community and like how that... like how the production from the production through to like how they all see each other and the story that they're telling or Mm -hmm. that they did tell and that was such a big shift even in like how hollywood talks about film or like how things get made that it isn't done in silo it's not one person that gets to like stand on a pedestal and all of that that like why not celebrate all of the interconnectivity that happens because that's a beautiful thing and there's another thing that's Still in this day and age, a little bit unconventional to name also. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just I'm
0: trying to remember that, like, by telling that story and the small role. See, I keep minimizing it, the, the role that Wellstruck played in yeah. it. It's not taking away from that person at all. It's not taking away from the work that she did, because lots of people can attend a workshop like that and then not do the work. She put in the work. So um, so that's one example. And yeah. by the way, while we're t- talking about community and lifting each other up, I want to shout out Karen Claflin. I was watching their st- Instagram story this morning, and they, they're they an amazing copywriter. And Karen was the one who suggested the concept of telling what's typical, telling the stories that are typical. Um, they're an amazing copywriter. Check them out, too.
1: Cool. Ooh, thank <laughs> mm-hmm. you for that resource. Yeah. Yeah. Um, earlier this week, I was doing an interview where I was the person being interviewed, and I didn't know what questions were being asked of me. And at the end, the interviewer asked, who is one person that you would really like to meet and why? And because you're saying it out loud, you're creating opportunity or possibility that that could happen. And I paused for a moment because I I knew exactly who I wanted to say, but there was that split, split sex, second in my <laughs> brain where I was like, oh my gosh, if I say this out loud, what if they hear? Or what if someone knows them? Or all these things that actually would lead to the thing happening. Or like, what if someone also like, what if someone laughs at me? Cause it's like a pretty big, scary name to name. But I moved through that, like, like flip book of like, oh my gosh, like you can't say this out loud. And I said it out loud and like it could go out into the universe for people to hear. And I don't even, it's not even about that it went out into the universe. Like after it was over, I was like, I'm so glad I said that out loud because why would I keep this to myself? So I say all of that because you have this beautiful question that came up in the Brooke Forey story of what is your like, secret scary goal or big audacious goal that you could that you haven't maybe said out loud or like you just want to say it out loud more and so I would like to turn the tables and ask you that and if you had one you would like to share.
0: Mhm. I do. And part of what's been scary about it is in the past I think I've been again it's like I it sounds like a vanity goal but I think that there's substance there and so um I I would love to have myself and Wellstruck featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, Forbes Magazine, um, Inc., some of those bigger press names, because I feel like that gets the word out there. It can establish. I want to get the conversation out there about it not being a frivolous (laughs) investment to invest in your mental and social and emotional well-being as a business owner, that it's crucial. And that it therapy is important. This is not therapy. It's different than therapy. Therapy is important. And also there are other ways to tap into the mental health resources that you need and that it can be fun. And I think there's a way to tell that story, especially when we're talking about like the great resignation and people starting their own businesses, the freelance economy where people are working by themselves, like more and more and more, our culture is going towards people working by themselves, for themselves, alone in silos. And I think community is going to be absolutely critical in literally maintaining your sanity and being able to continue on. And not only that, but it really does lead to more
1: profitable business and collaboration and so on. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that out loud. And also I want to yes and it by say it's really the only community and connectivity is essential for how our society is going to survive, how our world is going to survive, how like new money structures could emerge all of that so yes and to all of that as well and thank you for naming out loud and i think naming even like where you want these stories to be told too it's like oh well what a value add to all of those publications that you named because here's a diversity in perspective um and a way to think about it that i imagine hasn't necessarily been showcased in those Pla- on yeah. those platforms, so yeah. thank you for sharing it out loud.
0: Yeah, the story hasn't really been told, and as I really reflect on, it's like there's so many benefits of the community that I think I my marketing message sometimes get muddled, gets muddled about like what is the differentiator for Wellstruck, what does make it different, and I think more and more owning the idea that like the mental and emotional part of it is enough. Mm -hmm. And that there are not communities like this. There are communities that focus on hitting metrics, hitting certain financial goals. And like I said, those things are important. But so is this stuff.
1: (laughs) So is what Wellstruck's doing. Yeah. My favorite question whenever I have been the interviewer, which I'm Mm -hmm. having so much fun doing, is, Mm -hmm. is there anything else that's top of mind for you um, now that we've had this full conversation? There really is nothing more important than human
0: relationships with depth. What is there if you don't have connection and joy and fulfillment and support in doing the work that you really think can pave the way to a better world? And when I talk about businesses that are paving the way to a better world, I don't mean you have to be solving world hunger to be making a better world. All you have to do is be leading with empathy, rethinking the way your company culture is, the way you treat your employees, the way you treat yourself, the way you prioritize your budget, where you invest, where you invest your time, who you're surrounding yourself with, um, the content you're consuming, the content you're putting out there. There's power in leading by example. And that's not braggadocious or self-righteous. That's Just good people doing good things. And the more we have good people doing good things coming together in support of each other. That's how all these little things, individuals, small businesses can come together and actually affect real change. That's the ultimate big dream for Wellstruck. And when I tell Wellstruckers you are changing the world, I genuinely believe it. And I genuinely believe that we need each other in order to make it happen.
1: Mm, what a beautiful way to end. Sarah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for taking the
0: time to interview me. You are so good at what you do. For those of you who are interested in learning more about Hillary Ray, she's the founder of Tell Me a Story, a communication consulting and coaching business that trains ambitious leaders who want to take up more space, communicate with impact, and become more confident as they become more visible. Through her company's signature Crafting Your Narrative solo retreat, as well as ongoing coaching partnerships, Hillary helps her clients to find their voice and then empowers them to use it by sharing their unique stories with honesty and passion. She's an award-winning storyteller, NYC Moth Story Slam winner, and 2019 Rad Award for Storyteller of the Year, and has been telling her own stories on stage for 13 years, first as a monologist then as the host of a long-running Tell Me a Story live show, and now as a keynote speaker. In addition to running her own business, Hillary is an audio documentarian. She produced and hosted three seasons of Rashomon, a long-form narrative storytelling podcast where one family tells every side of the same story. You can listen to it on your favorite podcast player. Learn more about Hillary at tellmeastory.info. You can also subscribe to The Speak Up, Hillary's biweekly newsletter at tellmeastory.ck.page slash join. Tell her I sent you. Wellstruck is a community for empathy-driven entrepreneurs who crave a nourishing home base with friends that challenge and champion each other. We host both virtual and in-person events for members throughout the U.S. Mid-Atlantic. We're now accepting applications on a rolling basis. So go ahead and apply today at wellstruck.com membership. Thanks for listening to the Wellstruck podcast, where we talk about what small business ownership is really like so that you can be more confident about the messy process of figuring things out as you go, because that's what we're all doing. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share it with a friend. And if you're a small business owner, join us for our Wellstruck Roundtable. You can subscribe to our email list where we share upcoming events at wellstruck.com slash subscribe. And remember, you got this.